You got time for another game? You sure? Yeah, Pete. I spoke to the Baxby. They said we don't got to be in Burlington until later. Oh, okay. All right. I just want to make sure. I want to get uh, get some reps in before we got that competition, that giveaway that they're doing. What giveaway? What you talking about? Oh, Spell Wrestling. They're giving away retro game consoles later. Word? Yeah. Nah, that's pretty yeah. tough, right? Welcome in. Spocast time on a Monday night. Uh, quite the video there. Happy uh, Spo show week uh, out there. Somehow we're now into the middle of February. And this is episode 13, Funeral for a Friend. <laughs> Rob Sanderson, Johnny Cashmere, Tommy Grayson, Big 80s Donnie B. Gentlemen, what's going on? Well, I'd How's just like going, to man? say first and foremost... That was awesome, that video. I love the stuff that Spo Wrestling is doing, those little kind of videos like that. I really didn't – I'm not too familiar with those two gentlemen. I know they're up-and-coming talents, but now I want to see more of them. And uh, I'm one of the few people on Earth, at least in this group, who was actually online putting quarters into that machine when it came out in 1993. I can remember the day that arcade – that machine showed up in an arcade. There was a line, um, no bullshit, probably 40 to 50 people deep with quarters in your hand, they'd put your initials on your quarter and you'd stack them up top of the game and you would stay there for hours playing that game. And it was like uh, you had to keep whoever won did move on and take on the next challenger and all that shit. It was awesome, dude. It was the yep. fun old days of the arcade, brother. I'm one of the few that actually put money into an original MK2. Bro, people don't realize how scarce it was to have games. Like now you can have a game and sit in your house and play it for a day. We had to wait in line and put in a quarter and have a limited time to play. And after a few deaths, you couldn't play anymore. Like you never got no, to fully scratch on. the itch, did you? No, Donkey Kong. I I'm one of those guys. When you watch the King of Kong with, with uh, Billy Mitchell and all those guys, Steve Weeby, like I was in the Donkey Kong craze. Pac-Man really wasn't my jam. It was more Donkey Kong. But, uh, bro, I'm a kid of the 80s. I mean, we went to arcades. That's where people hung out. Um. My daughters will never know that, dude. It's kind of sad, actually. It's a different world it's, now. What's favorite yeah. video game of all time, everybody? Pick one. Are we talking? I'll throw one out there that talking, I'll get that uh, nobody will agree with. Uh, Diddy Kong Racing for N64. You're right. <laughs> I, yeah, nobody's going to agree with that. And everybody's going to say Mario Kart's better, but I disagree. Um, I also felt mm. like the only kid in the world that didn't play Mortal Kombat back in the day. Um, I mean, I had all the wrestling games and stuff like that, but for some reason, that was like the one really popular one that I never got into. 
Mm. I'm going to say only Link's Awakening. Yeah. Zelda, Zelda, the first Zelda for Super Nintendo. Link's Awakening, I think it was called. That was my favorite. Tommy? Uh, I like, uh, I'm a big Mortal Kombat guy, but I, I would have to say my favorite uh, home console game. I love Mario 64. That's my all-time favorite. I would say there's an old game called either Frontline or hmm, Double Dragon was pretty badass. Or yeah. Dragon. Those are tied. But believe it or not, my favorite, and I'm not a huge video game guy anymore. I just I, I, They're beyond my scope. <laughs> I'm not good at them. But uh, my favorite video game series of all time was on PlayStation. It's called Uncharted, the Uncharted mm. games. I remember those Uncharted. Awesome, man. Yeah, those were my favorites of, of, of any game I ever played. And that Last of Us game was pretty cool, too. That was yes. pretty wild. My buddy turned me on to that. But I'm not into, like, these games that take, like, fucking a year to play and you role play and you have to buy shit in the game and skins and, and it's a lost art from that. back in the day when we could just pick up a controller and be competitive with our oh, friends God. now like you can't just randomly play madden with somebody because they're just going to destroy you because they know eight million tricks and yeah, yeah and they bought things something. to make their character better and all that and give me a regular nes pro wrestling game give me Starman versus uh, piranha man just happened what is this whoops sorry I didn't mean to add that in just yet. I apologize. Oh, look at the photo. Well, we can Talk jump about into what's it. on screen. Yeah, we could jump into it in just a moment. But uh, we were actually um, while we were uh, going over plans for the show tonight, we were uh, discussing the upcoming week and uh, the previous week that we had. And uh, I don't know if anyone had noticed, but JP and myself had actually taken a uh, trip up to Toronto midweek. And got to wrestle AEW's uh, Colt Cabana and Brandon Cutler for the Jewish Tag Team Championships. It was the first match of its kind. Um, you know, so have a little highlight video. And uh, when we get uh, situated a little bit, or we could uh, we could play it now. What do you guys think? I say go for it. it. Yeah. Go for it. Hell yep. yeah. All righty. This was uh, made by yours truly. And let's do it up. I don't think it's playing. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I would remove it. Yeah, it's just something's wrong with the connection. Oh, you can just <clears> tell <throat> us what happened. Moving right along. Well, they did beat us, but nonetheless, they beat us with kosher salt, which we originally had the advantage on them of. We had a canter that came out and blessed the entire match. We raised over $90,000 for the Rena Rumble, uh, oh. which was the event that, wow. you know, yeah, it all went to, uh, you know, special needs children out there. And, you know, it was just it was it was truly a sight to behold. So, you know, that's awesome. Big man. shout out Did to. You... Was that yeah. the first time you guys had met Colt? Uh, we had been on a few shows with uh, Colt in the past. That was our first time meeting Brandon Cutler. Um, but our first time working with them and, uh, you know, stand up guys, complete professionals, um, you know, can't say enough good about, you know, the both of them. Uh, you Colt's, know, both of them. Yeah. Johnny, did you ever, you did shows with Colt? You must have. Yeah. Yeah. I remember him from back in the day. He was always fun. Great guy. Yeah. Absolutely. Just a true journeyman, a true professional. Uh, a lot of young talent could learn from a guy like Colt. Never gave up. 
always been relevant in the business, made his own way when there wasn't a way, you know, he cut the path in front of him. He took that weed whacker and went right through the tall grass and made his own path uh, with merchandise and the t-shirts and everything. I would love to see AEW do more with him. I know he does a lot behind the scenes, but, uh, you know, I don't get into any of that shit with him and punk and all that dumb shit. I can just tell you how I I remember getting VHS tapes when I was running PCW from Colt. It was a match with him and punk and they wanted to come out. I just couldn't afford their trans and to bring them out from Chicago or else I would have. Um, I remember just a great guy. I, I like Cole Cabana a lot. Uh, I wish nothing but the best for him. I don't know Brandon Cutler, but if he's cut from the same cloth as uh, Mr. Cabana, that's cool by me. So good to see you guys getting in the ring. You only got to, bro, iron sharpens iron. So you and JP now are at the point where you guys got to start working talents that are on your level or above just to get better. Johnny will tell you that. Johnny and Trent only got better when they worked with guys like Kazarian and Nova and, uh, you know, Daniels and all these other guys, man. That's how they got better. You don't punch yeah. down. It, uh, mm-hmm. No, it, uh, it it definitely was a, was a learning experience. I'm thankful for it. And, you know, I like, like you said, you know, you only get better by wrestling guys that are better than you. And, uh, you know, I'm up for any and all challenges. So uh, it was, it was really a, a good way to kind of, you know, test myself, see where I'm at. And, you know, I'm looking forward to more. So, uh, you know, great nice. experience. Was that your first entrance with Pyro? Uh, definitely with the Bill Goldberg pyro. So, uh, you know, more, more Bill Goldberg pyro at, at, at shows. I'm all about that. Nice. Yeah. It's a nice little touch there. Um, yeah, you have to wonder, I mean, how different a lot would be in the wrestling world right now without that entrepreneurship of Colt Cabana specifically. I mean, the, absolutely. Everything's changed so much in terms of merch and the availability, like the print on demand stuff, all that. I mean, it's a different world than it was. 10 20 years ago and stuff and and obviously he did a lot too with uh like kind of getting podcasting going more in the wrestling right, he's one of the so, originals yeah people yeah. always put over jericho as one of the originals but no, it's actually a, colt i'm not sure who's first yeah colt's definitely a pioneer uh you know he figured all this shit out man from scratch he didn't have any instruction book well, you know what it is too don you know what it is too he's confident in his charisma yeah. so he doesn't need to be rehearsed he doesn't need to rehearse like he's so good with ad-libbing that you can just put a camera on them and you're going to get something good at any point of the day. Another one of these guys, much like Sonny Kiss, and I told her last week, uh, it just boggles my mind how somebody can't figure out how to make money with Colt Cabana on a main street platform on a weekly basis, whether it's WWE, AEW, where it is. I, I, I don't know. I don't get it. I just, I'm flabbergasted that some of these guys, you have a talent in front of you, you could be drawing money with and making money, and they're just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I sit and rack my brains all the time about how to help get other people over. It's not always just get yourself over. Sometimes, like you said, you sharpen your own skills when you think about how would I get another person over, you know? Yeah. I don't know. No, you're right, dude. But so um, the Batman of Burlington is going to appear. I think I told you guys that before. Let me real quick just show you the slideshow and and we'll get it done. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. So so we're going to have the uh, the rep tomorrow. Tomorrow or the next day, probably probably tomorrow or the next day on, on IG. So when you see us on Instagram Live, we're going to be uh, interviewing these guys. Can't wait. Um, so the boss battle's coming up this Sunday, guys. Still some tickets left. Some GA tickets uh, remain. Um, and for every broken door in the door match, we're going to give away a, a gaming console to someone who had bought tickets in advance. And that's Ooh. Killdozer versus the Wrecking Ball. 
and that's Batman of Burlington. So kids, the Batman's going to be there. So come out and see him. Uh, he's always at all the Burlington events. Everyone knows him. And in a little bit, we're going to have MLJ. He's going to be on uh, maybe in about a half hour, 20 minutes. We're going to talk to him about his history and his time in GCW. And uh, here's the event. Big matches signed. Me and Zandig versus Face and Decker. Homicide, first ever title defense against Sonny Kiss. The, the two out of three doors match. The women's match for the inaugural women's title. Rebecca Scott versus Christina Marie. Rematch by popular demand. Bufa Ayo all the way from China versus Lucky 13, the big four-way scramble match, Silk City Kings, Golden Era, Backseats, The Rep, Pat Dynamite's debut, Joe Clean and Live Danger, backed by popular demand, and as mentioned, MLJ. Thank you for indulging me. Tickets at SpoWrestling.com. Yeah, man, yeah. this is a perfect weekend before the storm of WrestleMania and all that, everything else going on. Valentine's Day is this Wednesday. Uh, they make some perfect gift. Wrestling tickets, get your honey some uh, wrestling tickets for this this weekend show. Uh, no better value than Spo wrestling tickets right now. You guys are That's on the lips and the ears of everyone. I love what you guys are doing. The creativity, just keep it up. Uh, it's going to be awesome, man. I, I can't wait to see it. Thank you, brother. And Thank the keyword there, the advance tickets uh, for the eligibility for those prizes. Yes. So. That's right. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, it's been a busy week, obviously, uh, again, in wrestling news. Uh, this whole 2024 has been crazy in wrestling. Obviously, we had the Super Bowl yesterday as well. But um, I, the Scott Demore news took me by surprise. Um, mm. It seems like, I don't know, it, will this be the week where we just kind of have a casual week in the world of national pro wrestling or something else around the corner? Business right. cash. <laughs> it's turbulent. Yeah, it's turbulent. Man insanity uh we could get into scott stuff later on a little bit uh just briefly i did speak to scott demore i text him afterwards and he texted me back and uh you know some good words of encouragement it'll re remain between him and i i like scott i've known scott for 20 plus years he'll land on his feet people don't notice but he does real estate and stuff on the side so like tna was his passion you can i tell. just hope i have a funny feeling they'll be sold at some point, I think that was one of the things they were doing. Maybe the lineup for a sale. I don't know, but I would love to see Scott as the one who winds up with it eventually. I Interesting. think if he got full control and he got the reins, I think they'd be much better off. Um, but we'll see what happens. I like Scott. I'm so, Scott yeah, Demore, same here. Always uh, good interactions with him, and yeah. wish him the best with that. I it the news totally caught me off guard, and I just think it's a shame because that company for how many ups and downs they've had in the last 22 years, like just felt like Anthem kind of shooting themselves in the foot there with this past month, just getting so much attention, so many people tuning back in for the first time in years or whatever. And, and now this happens and, and every post you look at from TNA now is just negative comments from people that yep. it's all, it's all about Scott and bring him back or I'm not watching and stuff like that. So uh, you Pro can see wrestling, the Rob, you know, this pro wrestling has a very weird thing where it shoot seems to shoot itself in the foot. Whenever it's doing good or the road the road is nice and smooth, somebody comes along and screws it up. Whether it be when they turned Austin Heel in 01 or whatever it was, or anything going good, all of a sudden somebody steps up and does something so stupid and you go, What the shit? Like that's exactly what happened here at TNA. They were had a bunch of goodwill. They curried favor with the fans. They were on the upswing. 
and all of a sudden they go do something like this. You go up two steps and they need to get knocked down three. That's yep. the story mm -hmm. of pro wrestling. But Donnie, what about the days when we watched wrestling when I was a kid where you didn't know who a booker was and who was running yes. a show and you didn't need to know if he was installed or taken out? Why? You know what I mean? Don't know. I I, uh, I heard was Paulie. Somebody said that years ago. Like, I don't understand when the stuff behind the curtain becomes more prevalent than the stuff in the ring. That's when you have an issue. Like right now, yeah. the stuff in the ring in WWE is so red hot than the stuff behind the curtain. Whereas in AEW, the stuff behind the curtain is more important and more drama filled than the stuff in the ring. So whenever you do that, the ring will equal ticket sales. The back will e equal fucking clicks on the internet. Just remember yeah. it like that. In the ring equals tickets. In the back equals clicks. Clicks don't equal money, in mm -hmm. my opinion. Well, and at least WWE uh, corrected the decision to have the Royal Rumble winner just hand over his WrestleMania main event. Oh, oh, you can have it. No worries. I, I didn't. Yeah, care. we'll get into that. Like, to me, that's the least logical thing that's ever been done in ever. wrestling. What? <laughs> but luckily, they corrected it. I mean, the same type of thing you're talking about. Then, you know, they had that uh, press conference, which was unique, and I thought everybody did really well with that. I mean, it seemed very believable uh, throughout it, which was really important. Then a couple of days later, you know, like Rock's responding to somebody online. And he's like, this this is when I turned heel. It's something we do in wrestling stuff. I'm like, you don't have to like go. Yeah, that I route. thought that was like, kind of I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. I mean, we, we know the deal, but like you don't you, you have to leave that sense of trying to buy into something. I don't know. I don't like those reminders, I guess. But um, it definitely I mean, they've corrected things. And there's a lot of momentum there. Um, so, and obviously AEW's got things around the corner too that they're pushing and stuff too. So, it, I mean, it's a big time for for indie wrestling and for for national wrestling yeah. and stuff for sure. It is. It um, is. Hopefully, well, TNA folks, can find a way to keep up. At this time, if I might so indulge, uh, today we promoted that tonight was going to be a funeral for a friend. And allow me some <laughs> self-indulgence, if you would. I don't do this very often, but I'm going to do it tonight. I'm going to call Booker's Pencil right now. Uh, what I would like to do is to take this opportunity, first and foremost, to acknowledge the fact that I was the one who indeed, on my former show, which was called Potting with the Pundits, uh, we had a weekly football show. It was started by the great Dave Sturgio. Jamie Silverberg was our host. My partner in crime was Raleigh Allen, and we obviously had me, and we had Mike Bucci as well, Simon Dean Supernova. And Mike Bucci, as we all know, has a penchant for the macabre, and he likes to put himself over constantly. And he was the one who, at the beginning of the year last year, we went out and we all did our picks, and we had to make our prognostications for the year. And lo and behold, Mike and Dave, they're diehard Cowboy fans, so I get it. But Mike Bucci went on the line. And he swore up and down that at the end of the at the end of the season, at the end of the Super Bowl, and he has a rant. It's in episode one. You guys can go download and listen to it. That he swore Ooh. that the Dallas Cowboys would be hosting the Lombardi Trophy over the Cincinnati Bengals. When it came time for yours truly, myself and Raleigh, we both picked the Kansas City Chiefs. Now Raleigh picked the Kansas City Chiefs over the Philadelphia Eagles. What did I do? I picked the Kansas City Chiefs over the San Francisco 49ers. And I even went a step further and I took them 31 to 25. Now, I didn't get the score right, but throughout the entire season, I never waved. I never changed. I stood in there. Every playoff game, I guessed almost the exact score. I was right every single time. So tonight, 
I would like as our special guest to bring in a gentleman who shares the same school of thought as I, a co-pundit of mine from the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome making his Spocast debut, the one and only, the stallion, Raleigh Allen. There he is. <sighs> gentlemen, thank Boys. you for having me on. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Raleigh, yes, allow sir. me. You know Johnny. You know Tommy and JP. Yes. Rob is our host. I just want to extend this invite to you and tell you what a treat it is for me to have you on here tonight as a fellow pundit. And just, I'm going to give you a few minutes, Raleigh, to just tell these guys some of the lunacy, some of the claims that good old Mike made. And let's just, let's treat this as some more piles of dirt that were thrown onto his grave tonight. Well, I've always been the one to say that being a Dallas Cowboy fan is a mental illness. And your brother solidifies that fact every time he opens his mouth or touches his keyboard to go on Facebook. Um, it's, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Mike hasn't learned that yet. Um, from his every year's day year, they haven't been relevant in almost 30 years, but every year next year is going to be their year. And every year it's the same old stuff. Shit, can I curse? <laughs> it's sure. We can work. Blue. Same old, it's, it's the same old, <laughs> it's the same old bullshit with Mike. Uh, oh, this is our year. It's a special year. Uh, this, that, this, that. Uh, he, he's just delusional. This year, Dak was the surefire MVP after four games. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys were a lock for the Super Bowl. Uh, it's just insanity. Uh, absolute insanity. Uh, Mike claims all the time that the Cowboys are the best. And the biggest thing is he's a New Jersey guy. I know he lives in Kentucky now, but he's a New Jersey guy. How do you become a Cowboys fan living in New Jersey where the Cowboy fans don't even accept you? Dave Sergio is just a sick, but we'll keep on on Mike. Uh, one of the like, and he has no football knowledge. He thinks he does. Zero. Mike can regurg Mike can regurgitate Dallas Cowboys stats because he's had thirty years to know five, five, five. Well, you know what? If you had sex twenty five years ago, it doesn't mean you're good at sex now. You know, probably a little bit rusty. It's the same with the Cowboys. They suck. They're irrelevant. And it, they I think really it's been longer than that. Yeah. Yeah, it's closer to 30. But, uh, and, sex. I think that's why he hasn't had sex in 25 years. I think that's why he can relate with the Cowboys. So, <laughs> I believe Good this sex. clown actually in the beginning of the year, and his quote was that the NFL now had tape on Brock Purdy and he was going to become irrelevant and they were yeah. not going to win the division and they weren't even going to make the playoffs. You know, that's a, that's a bold prediction by Mike because the NFL only had tape on Brock Purdy. They didn't have it on Doc Prescott or Jalen Hurts. No. The only NFL quarterback that the NFL teams had tape on was Brock Purdy. And he was going to see a significant, you know, regression this year. Eh, sorry, Mike, shut up. And, uh, you know, uh, they weren't going to miss Zeke. Pollard was going to be an elite running back. I, I don't know about that. So, and, and in the end, what I loved is the Volta defense is what costed them any hopes of a championship. And they were one and done, like I've said all year long. They're probably going to squeak in the playoffs. They'll be one and done. And, and that's it. And I, I couldn't be happier to come to a funeral than for Mike Bucci tonight. So, yes. you know, it, it, I'm so honored to Dear, be on and I'm so happy. Dearly beloved, we've gathered here tonight to throw dirt on the mound of this marble mouth, mullet-wearing, muskrat, catcher's mitt-looking goofball who has <laughs> never been right about anything that has to do with the NFL's entire life. And the reason this is happening is because he constantly, even though he was wrong and Dallas was out, he still mustered the little Keones that he has, little bizalls, 
to talk shit on other people's teams and start degrading them. Like when the Eagles got bounced or Tampa, like Tampa, it was insanity. Still going out there talking shit. This goof. I mean, this cheese whiz looking face moron was out there talking this shit as if Dallas had already won. And the entire time I stood fast in my beliefs, I said the Kansas City Chiefs, each fucking week, I said the Kansas City Chiefs will defeat the 49ers in the Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes will raise the Lombardi. It's on episode one. Raleigh agreed with me. He took it against the Eagles. We made this prediction. Dave Sturchio, Mike's partner on Potting with the Pundits, had to come out yesterday and say, no, Mike, Donnie nailed this. So instead of just being a man and saying, yep, Donnie B was right, I was wrong, he couldn't do it. He had a, he even sank so low as to yesterday saying, yep, the Kansas City Chiefs were my pick. No, he didn't. He, I swear to God, he did. Raleigh, go on his page. He was telling people yesterday that he picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Now, maybe he did in the game, but he flip-flopped back and forth. That's what he always did. He'd have built-in excuses with the Cowboys. He'd say, like, no matter what, win, lose, or draw, this has been a great season. Yeah, it was awesome. The Dallas Cowboys got obliterated in the first round. I mean, it was just now it sucks what happened to the Giants, but I didn't think Daniel Jones was going to go down in game number six and never come back. I mean, what could we do? That was terrible. Uh, But I didn't I didn't pick the Giants to win the NFC. I actually picked the Eagles, but oh, me and Raleigh were correct. But we had so much fun each week. Absolutely. And then Mike all of a sudden had to become a waiter or an actor in a murder mystery thing in Louisville after his capitalizing on Dancing with the Stars in Louisville, where he beat four senior citizens and a weatherman. It's a true story. Look it up in the DVD. Yeah, we never saw that video. Never saw that video, did we, Raleigh? I think he bought all the copies so that I couldn't get a hold of it. We do have a picture of him with his frosted, stupid ass hair uh, accepting the trophy. And he literally beat four senior citizen women and one fat weatherman. (laughs) And he was putting that over as like he did something. That so was cool. That, yeah, they raised money for charity. I'll, I'll acknowledge that. I'll put that over. But it's just the, you know, we're, we always have. It's just the t- tenacity that he had with constantly putting himself over with the Cowboys and just never selling it. And what, what the tipping point for me was when the Dallas Cowboys got obliterated by the 49ers. And then Mike was nowhere to be found that Wednesday when we recorded. I mean, that was just despicable. He couldn't take his lumps. The Mar- the people wanted to see him get his comeuppance. He didn't give them their comeback, so we had to bounce him. So that yeah, was that. that and was then horrible. We could- it was tough to get everybody back on the same night to record, so that's pretty much what happened to the show. But Stallion, I don't know. I'm thinking next year, a two-man football show. I, I think, you know what, let's just bring the real talent, which was you and I, and, yeah, and that's it. That's all we need. You know, cut the uh, yeah. Cut the, you know, trim the fat. Which Get another host. Rob, Rob yeah. knows football. But uh, yeah, it was man. so much fun, dude. It was but, great. You know, it, it hit a wall because your brother wasn't able to discuss anything outside the Cowboys, and it's like a four-year-old yep. whose favorite like food is chicken fingers, and only wants his chicken fingers. That's what Mike is with the Cowboys. Like, there's no yep. other thing. There's no steak. There's no chicken. It's only chicken fingers. You know, so that's all Mike could discuss. And his delusion. Oh my God, Mike, I'll miss you. I've never had so much fun at a funeral. Um, rest easy, my friend. I will always make fun of you. I will always remember you with a smile on my <laughs> face because you are the biggest delusional, non-knowledgeable football person I've ever met in my life. Well, maybe if he's up with with our father up in heaven, our heavenly father, maybe he could ask <laughs> for a few pointers to throw like an extra pass or something this year to help the Cowboys out or so. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> all I'm saying is this. 
at the beginning of the season, we all had a chance to make our predictions in re- in record, put them in stone, and I took mm-hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs over the San Francisco 49ers. And like I said, this mullet-headed, marble-mouthed moron yesterday was touting his horn, saying, oh, when they lose, blah, all this bullshit that came out of his mouth the entire year, and we buried them. Boys, we got them. In the words of you, when they got when they got Osama bin Laden, we got them, baby. We got them good yesterday. And I think he still awful. owes you a couple cases, Raleigh. He does. That's the whole thing. He owes me cases, and he just like signed them. So we didn't finish the season. I'm like, we didn't finish the season because you went to do a murder mystery thing. Yep. Like, Seriously, bro. Pay your debts. Well, I think he still owes you fifty, right, Donnie? From of course he does. Ago. He never paid it. That's I just. And then we still sent. We did send the check to St. Jude's. For the making yeah. money with Mikey Mush. Yeah. But I do that stuff all the time. I make donations. I don't put myself over constantly yeah. that I did it. Yeah. If more than two yeah. people know about something, it ain't charity. I live this by that. Was... It's true. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, you know, we took this sad sack on with us on Potting with the Pundits. He couldn't get over. He couldn't draw money in the podcast world. And uh, <laughs> we had a jettison him. The true talent is right here. The Stallion. Jamie was great. Dave was the most knowledgeable out of all of us. Listen, Absolutely. I never claimed to be a fucking rocket science when it came to sports, and but I like podcasting, um, I like talking, I like you know telling the truth and making bold predictions, and that's what I did. And I was well, right. from the outside I looking in. Yesterday. I mean, yeah. it, the the smart thing here is like you're you were predicting the Chiefs, and you're not a Chiefs fan. Like, yeah, you can be confident in your team, but like, was I going to say at the beginning of the season the Buffalo Bills were going to win the Super Bowl? Absolutely not. I don't want to jinx it. And I'm I'm not confident enough. Like I'm not putting money down when the Temple Owls are in March Madness. I will not do a bracket for money because I'm not going to bet on them winning a national championship, and I'm not putting money down on them losing either. So I just that's back. a great that's a great point, Rob. You're absolutely right. Not only that, I didn't even pick the Giants to win the NFC East. I took the Philadelphia fucking Eagles. I took the Eagles, and then I I you know did my homework, and I said, why would you bet against Patrick Mahomes? I'll say it right now on this show at 8:01 p.m. On February 12th, 2024, the Kansas City Chiefs will be the first team in NFL history to pull the three-peat. They will win the Super Bowl next year. I'm saying it right now, a year in advance. Like Rock and Cena building it up for a year, brother. A one year. Hell I'm yeah. It right now. Donnie, I right wouldn't here, bet you. against you. Your your track you record on, on this show, your track record's really good. I got to admit Thank that. you. Last time I made a prediction, what did we get? 127,000 views or whatever the hell it was? <laughs> it broke the internet literally. Yeah, right? Yeah. Donnie, real quick, the first round of the playoffs this year, your idiot brother, he went out on a ledge and picked the team that was up by 20-something points halfway through the game. Remember that? What was that? What was that game? Was it the Texans game when he said? It sure was. He made his pick of the Texans when they were already up by, I think, either 14 or 17. Then he picked them at the beginning of the third quarter. He picked all the favorites that week and then put it over like he had some knowledge. And he's like, Donnie and I are like watchdogs on his page. And he's still, you know, we call him out on everything. But, oh, God. What was even better was the Miami and Buffalo game when he said, oh, Donnie B took Miami, bet the house on Buffalo. And then he went on his page and said he bet Miami. So he actually picked both teams. <laughs> and we called him out on it. He's like, no, I didn't. I, we put a picture up. He picked Miami and he picked Buffalo. It didn't make any sense. So oh, listen, we had a lot of fun with old Mike all year. And it was fun busting balls with him. And But I'll make a revelation on the show now. I have no interest in even doing it next year against him. Mainly because 
I mean, I'm sure maybe I'll throw a zinger here and there, but if I see something, but it's just, it's like beating a baby seal now with a spiked <laughs> bat. There's no offense. There's no comeback. Nothing I can do or say is going to be worse than what happened to the Dallas Cowboys this year. And I, I don't see how I could ever have a better season predicting anything than I just did. So how much of that you retire on top? The Cowboys did he blame on the referees? Oh the my God! Post. Over, but he blamed everybody but Dallas, Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. Have never lost the game in the history of the franchise because of their shitty play. It's always the refs, of course, of the game. Yeah, the you refs, the refs, the refs. He was sodomized by the refs. Maybe I don't know. Maybe <laughs> under Vince, who knows? But, <laughs> oh my gosh! But I mean, listen, we had so much fun during the year. Like I said, yeah. he got all worked up over it. It was all in good fun. But he would just take a turn for the worse in the dark, and that's what we'll miss most about him as he lay in this yeah. earthly bed of worms. But uh, you know, I, I hope he has. Uh, maybe he'll get over in the beyond. Stevie and Meanie someday <laughs> they'll meet him up there and they could reform the BWO up in the oh pearly gates. Wrestling, <laughs> wrestling in heaven, Donnie. Yeah. I, I gotta say it, Stallion is over, brother. <laughs> I told you, Raleigh. The, the the magic of potting with the pundits was Raleigh and Mike going back and forth on each other, and Mike taking the big prat fall like Rocky and Bullwinkle, yeah. or like yeah. the heel get bumped and see he John, get a little bit John Tripper. Yeah, then he would take the fall, but Mike couldn't realize that he always he was he wanted to get over. The fans wanted to see Stallion get over on Mike, and if he would have just followed that formula, <laughs> it was foolproof. Because gotcha. Raleigh's a riot. My, I had focus groups that would listen to the show each week, and my focus groups would report back to me on who was good, what was good, what worked. They kind of liked everybody, but they thought the banter. And notice, I'm not saying myself. They thought the banter between Raleigh and Mike was great, and they loved to see Mike take the fall. So, I mean, it's one of those things. Raleigh, I mean, we'll definitely have him on here again. It doesn't have to be. Raleigh knows a lot about the business. He was traditionally trained. He's a Pat Buck guy. Um, he can come on whenever. We'll have him on yeah. as a regular. That's cool as long as he's up for it. Always, well, gentlemen. Always. You seem to be a draw, brother. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, Raleigh's over. <laughs> Thanks for the no house, brainer. bro. So, Raleigh, is there any last? Raleigh, I'd like you to say a few. We're going to get to Emil in a minute, but I'd like you to have the floor now. And any kind of last-minute words to the departing soul of I think I see Mike's soul. Oh wait, no, it's good. definitely going downward. Sorry, but uh, I see his soul leaving the screen right now. Anything you'd like to say to him? No, all dogs go to heaven, so Mike will go to heaven because God looks out for like you know idiots and, and animals. You know, so Mike, I'll always remember you, delusional, idiotic self. Um, you know, I, I really don't have anything to say to him, Mike. Just watch down on us, buddy, and. Watch us enjoy football and have some knowledge. And, uh, you know, that's it, Mike. Mike, you suck. You're a terrible person. Welcome to – welcome. Novo was great. Simon Dean was great. Mike Bucci, you suck. There's only one Bucci brother that's over, and that's Donnie B, bro. Because if Donnie B didn't have a promotion, your ass wouldn't have been working, bro. And that's it. Wow. Damn. No. As far as next year, Mike, with the podcast, thanks for trying out, but you cut because you suck. Ah, on that note, Raleigh, boys, a round of applause for Raleigh. I appreciate you all. Thank you, Stallion. We'll be in touch. How great is Raleigh? Oh, wow. I just can't so great. Had a great yeah. for those who didn't see. Oh, that well, that was, was our funny. semi. That was our funeral for a friend. Uh, I do have one question here. 
It is from Pete from Long Branch. And his question is, Donnie, growing up as kids, was Mike Bucci ever correct when anything he ever had to bet on is in his entire life? And as a shoot, I have to say no. I can't remember <laughs> one time ever where he was ever right about a bet. I don't know. Uh, got me. I, I, I can't think of it. Uh, I, I'm just, I have another oh one. Can I just say real quick? Me in the back seats are marks for your brother. He's a wrestling genius and a wrestling god, and we have nothing but respect for him. That being said, that was a funny segment. <laughs> you guys are good. <laughs> Listen, Nova was one of the most talented. Nova was Mike was one of the most talented wrestlers ever yeah. on the East Coast tri-state area. He deserved better in the business. He should have been over more. It wasn't his fault. He was probably ten or fifteen years ahead of his time. He'd be in the mix mm -hmm. right now with Seth Rollins and all those guys. He'd be keeping pace with them. He was an innovator. This has nothing to do with that. I can. Right. I'm not mentally ill. I can separate Mike Bucci, Nova, the performer, from this crazed megalomaniac who's never been right about a sporting event entire life. I mean, more people yeah. should be able to do that. <laughs> we, I mean, everyone was waiting for this to just be settled on on the spellcast. I mean, your brotherly rivalry yeah, with the football thing. is just and he, and is, for full disclosure, guys, Mike was invited to be on here tonight. And he said he mm -hmm. wasn't coming on here. He didn't want. <laughs> so that I just want that to be known. He was, and I have the proof. He was invited to be on this show tonight. Um, and I have one more question from this is Kent and Little Egg or at Little oh, Egg no. Harbor Township. Kent oh, no. from Egg Harbor Township. Yeah, sure. If it is. you had, if you had to pick a sentence to put on Nova's tombstone, what would it be? <laughs> Hold on, want me to put the banner back up for you? <laughs> yeah, the tombstone. Mm -hmm. Bada -bing. I, was gonna, I would say that here lies Mike Bucci's NFL season. Yeah, rip Mike Bucci 2023 <laughs> to 2024 NFL season predictions. That I mean, I would just print out that and put it on the tombstone. Funeral for a friend. Either oh. that or here lies a guy who's never been right about a thing in his entire life. That's it. I love how he's he's under the dirt, but he's also above ground in the same photo. <laughs> What? Oh, That's, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it, it. It's, it's, it's installed as a head on the tombstone. Like it's that a is a shout oh. out to Team B, who we will not disclose their identities. I have a crack team of commandos. It's kind of like instead of the A team, I have the B team. My B team is a crack little crew of commandos that make all this stuff for me, and uh, they're awesome. I love them dearly. They know who they are. And whenever you need stuff like this, it gets generated. So uh, there you go. The perks of being Donnie B. You got your own B team. Get it? Ha ha. Ain't bragging Love if it. you're telling the truth, brother. Amen, well, congratulations brother. on being right on your prediction. And I Thank sincerely you. hope that you're wrong about your prediction for next yeah. season. I know. I did make money. One I, can't, of my I can't do it again. And to the Graysons, Johnny, one of the, I'm going to teach you something now. You, three things you never discuss publicly. You never discuss religion. You never discuss politics. And you never discuss how much you either win or lose when it comes to gambling. So I will just say this. I won money yesterday. <laughs> and we'll just leave it at that. Donnie B. Dollar, dollar very bill, happy. <laughs> very happy at around 11 p.m. last night. There you go. So that's that. That's all you need to know. Oh, all right. You want to switch gears, guys? We have a special guest. Yes, we're excited Let's for this. Get him in here from GCW, the man, MLJ. What's up, brother? There he is. Yo, what up? What up? How's yes. everybody doing tonight? What's up, hey, yo, bro? What's up? What's up? So first, we got to say, how do you say your first name perfectly? 
uh, Emil. It's like Emily without the Y. Emil. Got yeah, it. Yeah. Just so. Yeah. And you're a fan of Emil. All money is legal. Yeah. Love them. The best. So Emil, Emil likes Emil. I got it now. That's what I was getting confused with. Yes. Brother. Thanks for clearing it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually the match. It made me uh, hit you up. I was like, oh, right. oh, you, you got a uh, half of all money is legal. I need to be there. Also, yeah. <laughs> might as well, like, see if I can work. Hey. Fuck yeah. Hey, like, You're who do I talent. hit up? I'm yeah. like, yo, who do I hit up? And Cashmere's like, yo, it's me. Yeah, you're there, bro. <laughs> yeah, we go back, oh, go oh, okay. I, when I figured out how far we go back, I was stunned, bro. You got to just tell people a little bit about yourself and and what you do, and and I just want to real quick say that you are the most unconventional ring announcer I've ever met, and it's refreshing and it's wonderful and it is working. So congratulations, but go, bro. Thank you. Uh, I first uh, started uh, working shows in late 2008 started at force one pro wrestling uh and then through got went through like czw jersey all pro uh and uh eventually um now game changer wrestling uh, and going all over the place with that and uh brett lauderdale and uh danny demonto at the time they were the ones who allowed me to start utilizing this unconventional sound just kind of let me be me uh, I remember it was like one show. It was um, it was when Nick Gage wrestled uh, Matt Riddle, and I pulled up. I thought I was just doing commentary, so you know I'm hanging out partying in the in the parking lot as one does. And then like I walk in, and then they're like, "Oh, you need to ring announce." I'm like, "What?" It's like ten minutes before the show. I I didn't even know what the card was. I was just like there, uh, <laughs> and um. I was like, oh, I don't have anything to wear. Like, I just had, like, I was wearing like some sort of like Bam Bam Bigelow shirt with like a WWF <laughs> logo hat, like torn jeans, like just like regular, like what I regularly wear. And then Brett is just like, yeah, that's cool. Be you. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. And that was actually the first day, like, uh, MDK all fucking day. That's actually the first time that was ever said <laughs> so like right from jump uh brett kind of like it changed the game you know like let me just kind of freestyle and be myself out there and uh the rest is history really but uh to what uh johnny was talking about yeah there's like photos of me enjoying backseat boys matches in 1999 um uh at outlaws of wrestling at Coraluzo shows, um, trying to think like early CZW, like, but I wasn't there. I was just getting the tapes and whatnot. Uh, Ring of Honor, I was there mm -hmm. for, for those. But, um, but Emil, yeah, did you know crazy. that Donnie? Did you know Donnie used to run Dennis Coraluzo shows? Um, years later, years yeah. later, I, I yeah. uh, through uh, mostly through conversations that I've had with uh with mr donnie b uh in in the recent i guess what year or so yeah man we just started talking on on the twitter verse which i'm yeah twitter and uh and the facebook yeah. message and you know just like chopping it up and um but yeah like 
like Dan, like I remember seeing you guys back in like 98, 99 at Outlaws of Wrestling at the Tropicana Casino, like tearing it up. Yep. Back in the day, bro. I knew, I knew, I knew you. You know what I mean? But I was like trying to place it. And then when you told me that, I, I was just amazed. I thought for you've only been doing it since 08, bro. For real? I working since 08, but like I was around it like PW. I would be going to PWU shows. Right. Um, and that, like I was I was at PWU, I was at CZW, I was basically at anything that would run uh like in the arena or right in South Jersey. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I found out about I just you know, I, I remember finding out about Force One the day of its first show and not like it because I went on this like website that had a list of like every wrestling event that was like taking place that day or yep. whatever. And I was like, oh, there's something Egg Harbor City. Okay, I'll go to that. And I, I was just trying to find anything that I could go to, even like NWA Cyberspace, Billy Firehawk yeah. shows. I yeah. was Firehawk and uh, my boy Derek Gordon. Yeah, like I yep. was, I was going to those, like whatever I could find. I was just going to anything. So I was like always in the crowd, like always there. And then uh, it, it's funny, like when I first started working for Force One, uh, White Lotus says to me, he's like, you know, you're, he's like, Emil, you're allowed to be a mark. Everybody's seen you all over. Everybody's. Like in the front row of everybody's show in this area for the last like however many years. He's like, people know who you are. You're allowed to be a mark. I'm like, okay. And I just ran with it. Like, it's my gimmick. Like, oh, I actually like wrestling. Imagine that. I can only imagine how many times we must have walked past each other in the crowd at ring of honor ccw pw all these things like all those shows that's it's a very similar path crazy because i started ring announcing in late 08 to uh november of 08 on that and it's interesting because me too november of 08 and also because somebody didn't show up so i feel i feel like every ring announcer ever has that story of like they got thrown (laughs) in to just do it and like oh i guess i'm a ring announcer now Yes, ex- that's exactly it. It wasn't my first show. It was uh, I had been doing commentary was my first thing because uh, I happened to tell I happened to uh, wait on John Solo and his family. Do you guys remember John Solo? I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So he w- lived local to me uh, and I wound up waiting on him and his family at a TGI Fridays the day after the first Force One show. I heard him talking about it and I was like, Oh, I'm going to try to get a better tip and talk to this man about this show (laughs) that he was seemingly in on. Uh, And then from there, like uh, every time they came to the restaurant, they would ask for me and I talked to him. Oh, I want to do commentary. Okay, cool. And then like that started like a year and a half thing of me just like, Oh yeah, maybe I'll try it one day. And I show it to his show. He's like, "Yeah, uh, do you still want to do commentary?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." He's like, "Good, you're on match number four. I was like, "What? Okay, I will do commentary on Breaker Morant versus Patch. I will do that." <laughs> uh, and, and and it was awesome. Uh, but then 
after uh i guess like a year and a half i showed up to the february 2010 show uh john solo was supposed to ring announce and uh he was not there and uh, never to be seen or heard from again there uh <laughs> and then they were like emil you, you know what you're doing you you do it I'm, okay uh because at that time i was only already the commissioner and commentator so why not add another role why not <laughs> right oh, wow multi now here we are all these years later where uh i know because of somebody who is a roommate of mine who's traveling the world with you every single weekend like yes. how did you ever see this happening where like you're on flights every weekend and like how many overseas tours now uh two i went overseas twice uh to uk once and to japan once and to answer the first question hell no dude like i never imagined this like never ever like it's fantasy land honestly um you make it look easy bro that's the trick i think is you're making it look easy because i'm having the time of my life like that's that's it right dude, that's yeah, the key to like, anybody like uh, the like the, yeah working in hockey the amount of places i got to go even i was talking with jp and tommy about this in buffalo a couple weeks ago like going to alaska with hockey and stuff like the yeah, things that sick. like pick something that's going to take you around the world We've all talked about places that we've all been and stuff. You've got the Barbados stories and all that. Like, mm -hmm. it's that's that's the key in life. Get gets so you don't have to pay for trips. Just, you just get to go on vacation for work. Like yeah. that's that's the ticket. And then when you yeah. like get like the frequent flyers for all these things and rack up those points, you're able yes. to take your own vacations. Like on top of that, it's great. Uh, <laughs> I, I I really like it's. Uh, and, and and the best part about it is really like no matter what city we go to, whether we've been there before or we're there for the first time, like everybody is just so appreciative that we come there and that we're doing our thing and they know all of us and they, um, yeah, it, it's it's so like when people halfway across the world know who you are, like. Mm that's really surreal yeah like and then like and they're coming up and like just ask for pictures and autographs and stuff and it's like like and then i look at it, it's like damn like i'm just the ring announcer like these they must think these wrestlers are like the coolest wrestlers ever which means i'm doing my job right <laughs> you know like yeah if 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 I'm as over as I am, that must mean everybody else is super over. You have a you great know? locker room, dude. A great crew of guys that you can depend on. You know, I remember when yes. I used to be a pitcher. I used to be a pitcher in baseball, and they used to say, "You don't have to strike everyone out. You got a whole team behind you. They got your back." And uh, and that's kind of how it is with you as the ring announcer, right? Yeah, like it, I I feel like. Uh, everybody being as good as they are and on point and like in sync like because like we travel enough like like our core group is pretty much together every show like it's it's rare when you don't have like you don't have like three or four main people on one show like that's super rare like even for like even the jersey jacob where it's like a specialized 
tournament show, they still had most of our main roster in that. Um, so that said, like everybody kind of knows what everybody does. Um, it, like we're kind of like in a groove right now. And um, definitely when, yeah, when, when I know everybody's hitting, like it makes my job easy because like, I know, like, I know the fans are going to be excited at the beginning of the show because that's just always how it works. But like that first match hits and it, and it bangs and the second match goes crazy. Third match, like it. And then I feed off the fans, the wrestlers feed off of the fans. Like I feed off of them. They feed off of me. Like it's all like one circle that all builds on itself throughout the show but like everybody being so good at their job you know from production to referees to wrestlers that like it makes my job so much easier <laughs> because oh, yeah. the fans are getting a great show so it's easy for me to keep the fans invested <laughs> mm-hmm. you know like yeah it, it's it's a, like i don't even consider it work they say yeah. oh great job out there I'm, oh it's not a job yeah, having fun, and we're like, so dude. We are honored and happy to have you. Honestly, like we're thrilled. Like, I can't wait. I didn't. I would have hit you up six months ago if I didn't know you took. I didn't know you even took other bookings. To be honest with you, I just thought you hung out at shows if you were there, whatever. So it didn't even yeah, occur it's, to me. It, it's it's rare anymore, like because GC. Uh, I'm so busy with GCW. Yeah. I don't want to like. Right. That's. I don't want to like commit to one place and be like, oh, sorry, yeah. like I have to like I unfortunately i have to do that yeah uh sometimes and to in order to like not have that happen I, i'm just kind of real yeah. and so we run sundays I, yeah, so sundays and, is a decent day probably for yeah you. Yeah. yeah and so i just kind of lay low and when i can i like hit somebody up that's why, like when i hit you up i didn't even know like who the contact person was. no i know like, i could tell yeah, you i knew know, you weren't I working me I, I knew you were being honest yeah um, no like and i, I didn't no mean for that to even come up on the air and make it look like you asked me for work because like i said i've been no. trying to get you i've been trying to get you for months <laughs> so it, it worked out great um of course like i hear that from a lot of people like they're like oh yeah. like you can i'm like yeah like the, the only like i reach out when i can because sure. like it, it's like the same way with like uh super crazy out of uh Gloucester, right, right. Yeah. like I I ask them like what their dates are. I'm like, oh, I can do this one or that one. Sure. I can't do all of them. I'm like I because they run. Unfortunately, they run a lot of times what we do. Yeah. But, like when I can, when I can, uh, I will. Like I I just hate. Uh, I I don't want to uh, like make the obligation and then take it away. Understood. Oh, yeah. good. Yo, I do have a quick question for you. I wouldn't. I got to ask you. You said you were at the J Cup. Did you see? Jordan Oliver versus Masha main event. Oh yeah. Tell me about, I didn't get to see it. How was it? Oh, it was, it was good. Really good. Like culmination of the tournament. You know, you could see the wear and tear and work that they both put in through the, not just, uh, I mean, Saturday having the three matches was enough for each of them, but then you add in the fact that they each had, you know, Jordan had a banger match with Griffin on Friday and mm-hmm. Masha and Doris was crazy too. So like they both had uh, a really 
uh, good really hard night at the office. But yeah. they plus still... jet lag, bro. Jet lag probably came into it too. So he was Superman in those. Yeah, both of them were Superman. I was there yeah. last year. I watched it from the crowd last year, and I was amazed at the work rate and and everything. And from what I saw in the pictures from last year, this year is like a big jump in the crowd and the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, we packed it in uh, this year. Like it was a noticeable difference over last year, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know whether it's the fact that uh, you know, just like uh, people want to see like that style of tournament, or we just had the right mix of guys, or you know, product is hot. We had the astronauts come in from Japan that probably yep. had uh, yep. a lot to do with it. Um, yep. And you, you guys know, have it, it, all the above. <laughs> You got Ito yeah. and Yamakawa coming, uh, not Yamakawa, Kobayashi coming Kobayashi in. Kobayashi and Ito coming in. Uh, Yo, March let me tell you something, 10th. bro. I I defended the Big Japan Junior title against Ito and Kawasaki Gym, brother. Kawasaki Stadium uh, in like 01. So awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now I see him. Yeah, he's such a great guy. And Kobayashi looks exactly the same. He hasn't aged. No. Look the same. Like I remember working with on, on a. Jeez, what TOD was it? Some tournament of death about 10, 12 years ago, whatever it was. And he looks like he's the exact same. Yep. Exact yeah. same. Uh, I will anyway. say, man, let me jump in for a second. I want to say that the thing I love about Emil, and I've only known him for a short time, just listening to him, man, you can tell that this motherfucker loves, loves. pro wrestling. Loves. And Guilty that's when people ask me about the indies, and the NIL program with the athletes and all that. Now, the reason that shit's never going to work long term is because you don't get a guy like Emil. You're going to get your stars and stuff like this from the indies. There's some kid right now who might be in that audience on Sunday who's the next Emil or the next Johnny or JP or Tommy that 10, 15 years from now is going to talk just like he was about going to the Carluzzo shows or the CCW yeah. shows. And that's that's the this dude is an old soul even though he's a young guy that's what i like about him man he's a student of the game and what works about him let's say we put him in a suit give him contact lenses tell him to shave and put him out there he's going to be justin roberts light or there can never be another fink or samantha roberts like that's what i'm saying like what's so cool about and what brett had the foresight to do in my opinion and exactly what i would have done they took what he was and put him and they took a square peg and put it in a round hole and it worked rather than try to change what he was to what they were doing. That's the sign of a smart promoter. If you can't, you're never going to compete with the WWE. So you can't be better than you don't want to be less than. So you have to be different then. And in my honest opinion, if an NXT goes to CW network next year, or if Tony Khan wanted to really do something different with ROH or even collision, this is the guy right here, and I'm not blowing his horn right here on the, but this is the guy right here that I would say, this is who I'm going to have as my flagship announcer because the second he opens his mouth and you see him and he talks, you know that you're going to see something different. So that's what I would do. Like, especially with ROH, I think he'd be a great fit or collision or rampage. Cause when you turn it on, you see the same guys, they're all copycatting Michael, Gary, Michael Capetta or Justin Roberts, these guys are great. But if you want something that screams 2024 or future or different, then it's right there, man. And I think that was a Best. fucking stroke of genius by Brett doing that, dude. I, I'm a huge fan 
of what he brings to the table. And what's cool about him is from a promoter's point of view, if he was, if I was promoting and he was working on my show, I know all I'd have to do is say, Emil, here's the lineup, take it from there. And he would go to all the talents. He'd get everything right. I wouldn't have to revisit that and hold his hand the entire night because he loves this so much. He's going to make sure everything is done to perfection. I can tell that. And I've never worked with him. I have. This is the first time we really talked on air live and in person each other. But I guarantee you everything I just said is the truth. And it's what Brett thought too. And I'm telling you, Tony Khan, Triple H, even Demore, the guys at TNA, if you wind up buying it, whoever, this guy, right? I'm not trying to poach Brett's talent. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying, if, if you guys are really looking for something to jumpstart your companies or make something a little different, it's right there in the lower left corner, dude. It's literally, there's only one Emil in the United States. That's it. It's right there. There's a million indie guys out there, but there's only one of him. And I would scoop brother up as fast as I could, man. I would do that in a heartbeat. That's it. Wow. There you go, brother. Wow. You see that? Now, was this that worth was... your time? You, you come on, you get put over. That was, <laughs> that was systematic. That was incredible. Thank you so much for that. I, I genuinely appreciate that. Uh, it's all true, bro. One thing about yeah. Donnie B, I'll say a lot of shit, but I never lie. I never tell I never tell anybody. I, I'll tell you shit you might not want to hear, but it's always the truth. I never blow anybody up or put them over unless it's the truth. If you were the shits, I'd tell you. I would tell you off air, but I think you're awesome. <laughs> you bring something you. different to the table. And like I said, bro, if I was a promoter in the United States with a company looking to make a jump or make something different, you would be my, one of my first hires. Thank so, you so much. Uh, long live, Emily. You're welcome. Appreciate that. Emil, this uh, Sunday you're you're going to be announcing. I mean, guys like Homicide and Zandig and these guys and stuff. Um, and I, I know from like you talking about like appreciating, loving pro wrestling and stuff like that. Like I can think of early days ring announcing and stuff where standing in the ring, you got the microphone. I'm just like, am I really getting to ring announce this person? Like there are those moments. So I'm just Absolutely. curious, like who's the one person that was like the coolest in that moment that you were getting to announce them to the ring? Um. I'm going to probably cheat and go two two answers. And they both happened uh, during last year's collective. Uh, number one uh, would have to be uh, Junakiyama. I was like, what? Uh, right. Big, big fan of the, uh, the, you know, they say four pillars, but that doesn't include Akiyama. So that's messed up. I always considered him equal level playing field with, uh, the uh, four, you know, um, and and for me that that was incredible. Uh, also, uh, going into that show, uh, going into that weekend, I was under the assumption that I think it was uh, I think it was Melissa Santos. I think her name is um, Brian Cage's wife, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I believe she was originally set to ring announce for the world on lucha i believe but that didn't happen so i wound up doing that so i wound up uh getting to also ring announce for uh negro casas like what uh that that's insane because uh the like he's of that style of lucha libre that i i really enjoy um and and also he competed in japan too like he's one of the like that, like I knew I was gonna like uh, do commentary for his match. I was already psyched for that, but getting to actually uh, introduce him to a 
very crowded room full of people was uh, very good. Uh, Bro, you know, uh, Omita, you... like <laughs> that was nuts. Yes, and and it's funny, like just a couple, not last weekend, but the weekend before, we were in Los Angeles, and I I did um we they did a uh, Matt Cardona and Nick Nemeth. Uh, formerly Dolph Ziggler and uh, my young broadcast colleague today is his birthday Jordan Castle happy birthday to Jordan Castle happy birthday Jordan happy birthday yes. happy birthday uh, he was so happy excited birthday. to do commentary for uh, Dolph Ziggler and Zack Ryder it was his you know that's yeah. from his era and like me I'm like <clears throat> okay yeah that's cool whatever like i have no real like emotional connection to it but the second pretty much that you drop a graphic featuring lucky 13 versus k murda i'm like <laughs> yes i need to be there well, what, like, that's what about, that's me what about sasuke did you announce him <clears throat> oh yes that was the first time i ever got to do sasuke this weekend i, I have been at shows that's that crazy he was at but i never got to uh uh and uh introduce him uh so that was really cool yeah hell um, yeah i'm marked for that when i saw the clip of him and wayne and wayne doing his thing that was it was cool man it was awesome i got a little bit yeah. of chills yeah, yeah nick wayne hitting a sasuke special against yeah sasuke. yeah yeah picture perfect too nick yes. wayne getting veins in his shoulders now dude he's working out i love seeing it man he's gonna be the shit he's already the shit yeah but just imagine when he actually grows up like that's when he what i mean out like He's only still only 18, not even 19 yet. Like like, that, yeah. He's yeah, still yeah. got Great some dude. growing to do. Great dude, man, too. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's like it's like uh when you look at Jordan Oliver when he was like 18 years old. Yeah. And now and now how he's like filled out and gotten a lot bigger. Yep. You know, learned how to eat breakfast, big That's breakfast, great. they say, right? That's right. That's right. yeah. Dude, he it's almost looks like he should be in the NBA. When I saw him standing nose to nose with Griffin, Jordan's got like two or three inches. He's, He's tall. tall as hell. Yeah. yeah, he is. Yeah. And um, did you see he was wearing the uh, uh, acid pants? Yeah. yeah I talked yeah. to him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. He busted He's come out. Yeah. He's come a long way, man. That kid. I'll make a bold prediction right now. I think within the next three to five years, Jordan Oliver will be to to the United States what Will Ospreay was to the UK. Mm. I think he has that kind of potential. That? I could see it. Yeah. That guy that's on everybody's lips and he's the guy. I think Jordan Oliver could be the United States version of Will Ospreay. I really do. I, I mean, he right. certainly got the drive and determination. I, I was uh, there for his first ever real match at a SWF show. Oh, yes. Yep. Wow. wow. Rob Fury. Yeah. I uh, had the pleasure, sir. I, I'll tell you what, <laughs> I loved I loved working SWF shows. I uh they weren't always the best wrestling shows, but I always had a good time. That's it. They're there fun. You go. That's, that's it. all that matters. I, I, I know a lot of people who got their start there, so that's all that matters. Yes. It's a platform, bro. You know, it, and and in like 2016, 2017, something like that, dude was running a lot. Like you he was, ran a lot, yeah. He was. Mm -hmm. You can get like some solid reps in. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a good way yeah. to fill your counter up, bro. Just take a fury booking and just do it up, bro. 
Yeah, no doubt. Right in Jersey like, too. Right in Jersey. Can't yes. be. Yeah. Yep. I, I loved yeah. it. Like I, I loved working work working for those. Um yeah. but yeah, oh, it's yeah. just funny to see the evolution, you know, from his mm-hmm. first yep. match with Coco Beware. Uh wow. to yeah, he was in a tag match opposite with Coco Beware. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It was really cool. That is crazy. I, I remember being in the locker room asking Coco Beware about the time when he beat up that jobber on Memphis TV real bad. You guys know about that? <laughs> yeah, of course. The, the masked jobber, he beat the shit out. Oh, uh, that was incredible. He, I, I asked him, he's like, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> I must have been in a bad mood. I was like, I don't <laughs> Emil, you're going to love this story. Emil loves old 90s stories. I always told him he would have given anything to be in the car with us, like driving with Nova and Ratchet and all them. Yeah. So we worked. It was Ratchet against Coco Beware for Dennis Carluzzo. I want to say it was either Camden. I forget what school it was. Ratchet versus Coco. So I said to Ratchet, I got a great idea, man. When we get out there on the microphone, we'll make fun of Frankie because he didn't have the bird. So I said, oh, we'll say that we killed the bird. And we're, we ate him or some shit. I said, I have a better idea. Around the corner, there was a KFC. So I said, I'll go get a bucket. of Johnny knows where this is going. I said, I'll get a bucket of KFC. We'll go in the ring. We won't tell him. It'll be great. It'll be a big surprise. We'll go in the ring. We'll start eating the KFC. And we'll say that it's Frankie. Well, what I didn't take into account is that the audience was predominantly African. Oh, no. So we go oh, in the no. ring with a bucket of KFC oh, and no. start eating it in front of Coco Beware. <laughs> and he's looking at us like, what the fuck are these two? <laughs> and I said, oh, this was Frankie. We're eating him and this and that. And it, as the words are coming out of my mouth, I'm looking around going, uh-oh. <laughs> so then he proceeded to beat the shit out of her. And afterwards, we all laughed about it. But it was one of those moments where it hit me like a ton of bricks like... I should have told him beforehand what we were doing. So I learned a valuable yeah. lesson. Cue the talent in him. I was making a surprise so we could get a pop from him to pop right. the boys. But lo and behold, yeah, bro, that's a one 100% true story. But Fra- See, Frankie, yeah, I, oh, Frankie wow. always did look delicious, though, Donnie. So it's okay. Bucket of KFC in the middle of the ring eating it, saying it was Frankie. And I was like, uh-oh. See, I thought, See, I thought you were going to say it was like right after like Frankie died. Or something. That's what I thought at first. Like, no. but then putting two and two together is like, oh, that's bad. Yeah, I think and they I just keep replacing. Yeah, don't they, that's Frankie? Insane. Like Shamu, we're on, we're on like the eighth Frankie <laughs> by now, right? Yeah, there's more. <laughs> I don't know what there's more of Frankies or Doinks or Shamu. Yeah, I'm Shamu's died a dozen times. I'm a member of the hmm. Doink Club. I was Doink for Dennis a few times. I'm that's right, that. you were in sneakers. Yeah. Doink, I worked Lupus in the main event in West Virginia, the main event of a sold show for Carluzzo because somebody didn't show up. He had me against Lupus. I was fucking Doink in the main event against Lupus. There was about 18 people in the crowd. It was horrendous. It was awful. <laughs> is, there, is, there, is there a tape of this? I, there I might be. It. Mark Carluzzo might have it, but it was I need, I'm in the Doink I, Club. I need to talk to Mark. That's the... I, yeah, absolutely. That'd be like, over. I, like, oh. Uh, like he's just got the treasure. That's he does. Need to find he has that a lot footage of the out there. Oh man, <laughs> need it. This was awesome. Need it. Like, so much uh, fun tonight, guys. Yeah, dude. So much fun. Emil, yeah. Emil, thank you so much, man. Anytime you want to stop on, bro, you just let us know. We're always chilling. Yeah, plug what GCW is yeah. doing. Where are you guys next? Give us a quick plug for the upcoming schedule. 
Mm -hmm. uh next show is friday february 23rd we will be back in dallas for the first time in a i think maybe at at least a year and a half um so it's been a while since we've been back there i'm looking forward to that uh the weekend after that uh we are we have st louis and indianapolis uh the first and second of march respectively uh, and then following that, we talked about it earlier, the Atlantic City weekend, uh, March 9th and 10th uh, at the Showboat in Atlantic City, featuring uh, Ryuji Ito and Abdullah Kobayashi. Uh, and uh, where are we? We Oh, gosh. And I know the answer to this. But there's somewhere in between. Uh, oh, yes, of yes, course. How could I yeah. forget? How could I forget? Oh, right. Oh, yes. Uh, Detroit on the 23rd. And then finally, uh, upstate New York, March 24th, Rochester. Yeah, it's um, a great city. That's going to be a very special show for uh, a lot of people, especially Brett. I'm very happy that he's getting to do this. Yeah. I'm very happy that he is uh, booking Colin Delaney, Cheech, and Cloudy. Yes. That, yeah. That makes all me seem so low. I've yeah. wanted Shout out to them. Guys. Yes. I like, yeah. you know, because like I, when, when I was going to uh, indie shows all the time back in like 06, 07, Cheech, I, Cheech was like my guy. He would always find cool ways to do stuff. And that's mm -hmm. like I, when I watch wrestling, I see dudes doing stuff in a cool way is different. I'm like, I love this guy. Uh, so Cheech was always a guy that I was like into. And uh, now we finally get a chance to see him in a GCW ring. I'm sure it's mm -hmm. going to be great. I don't know what the match is going to be, but uh, I'm excited. He's for a that. DeVito and Luke. He's a Carnage Crew. Yeah, he's, a, yeah. he's a Newberg yeah. guy, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Near yeah. Our, where yeah. Jordan's from, I believe. So that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yes. And yeah. uh, then um, the collective, mm -hmm. which is shaping up to be, yo, Philly's gonna ever. be crazy. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I mean, like, imagine living in the city that week. That week. Oh, it, it, like if, if you're if you're a fan of of wrestling for a week, you are living in heaven. Right. Like, but if you're not, if I just lived in the city not. and didn't like wrestling, I'd get the hell out of the city for the week. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, it's gonna it's be right it's gonna be very very busy with uh, people Crazy. that don't know Damn what they're right. doing. Hopefully we have we have Carnage Cruise. We have Carnage Cruise last match April seventh at Spo, and that'll be Devito's yes. last match ever. Except he's doing like two matches in Florida, but that's it. He's he's done wow. forever. And my God, he goes back to job matches in WWE when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. 30, 30 plus. Yeah. And mm -hmm. we have the like honor. 20, I told him. I said, Yo. I said it's like it's like my boys getting married and I get to throw him. We get to throw him a sick bachelor party. Like we're gonna show Going him, away. bro. Seriously, like you know, and and you know your deal. If, if Hall of Fame's over in time and you can make it, you're there. Done yeah. always. Um, but that's gonna be a special night for everybody. Um, and and it's gonna start with that Hall of Fame. I'm sure we'll talk about that eventually. But uh, yeah, let's yeah. get him back on here. Definitely yeah, before the yeah. collective, oh, yeah. I would say sometime in March. Okay. Let's get him back on here. Yeah. Even if I'm not around one night, let him come on and guest host. Good deal. I'm down. Sure. I'm down. Right, Absolutely. Brother. Thank cool. you. Yes. Absolutely. Thank well, you so much, guys. guys. Hell Thank yeah. you, Emil. Yeah. Thank this you. This was a fun episode. Very, very fun episode. Much appreciate yeah. it.
Thank, Thank you, you guys so me. much, man. Everybody have a great night and a great week. And uh, why don't we end with the uh, – I'm going to end with the Killdozer thing. Let's watch this. We love yeah. watching this. Yep. See you guys. Hell God yeah. bless. Peace.